The third word from the cross, found in John 19th chapter, verses 25 through 28. Standing by the cross of Jesus were his mother and his mother's sister, Mary the wife of Clopas, and Mary Magdalene. When Jesus saw his mother and the disciple whom he loved standing nearby, he said to his mother, Woman, behold your son. Then he said to the disciple, Behold your mother. And from that hour, the disciple took her to his own home. Let us pray. May Christ be truly preached. May Christ be truly heard. May your people, O Lord, see Jesus. Amen. The entire Christian life is supernatural from beginning to end. You are saved by grace through faith, a supernatural act. You are sanctified in Jesus, the author and perfecter of your faith. He is the one who began a good work in you and will bring it to completion. Nothing about the life in Christ is the result of human or natural effort. Works, strength, wisdom, accomplishment, sincerity, commitment, or choice. Everything you are and everything you hope to be is a supernatural gift. The work of a sovereign God who acts out of deepest love for you and directs all things according to his good pleasure. These words, these last words between Mary and John, testify to this great truth of God's supernatural work. But before I look at these more carefully, I want to look at two groups that were at the cross. Two groups of followers. There was that group that was there after the death of Jesus. And scripture tells us in Matthew, Mark, and Luke that they were standing at a distance or afar. And that group included Mary Magdalene, quite a few of women from Galilee who had ministered to Jesus during his earthly ministry, and a group of women from Jerusalem who came up out of the city. Before Jesus' death, and the group we now see, and the group we're now thinking about, were those who were standing not at a distance, as the other group did, but close by the cross, up next to it. That in group included Mary Magdalene, two other women, Mary, Jesus' mother, and John the Baptist. Now, what is going on in these last words that Jesus is speaking to Mary and John? It's important to understand, in part, the difference between the Gospels. In the first three Gospels, Matthew, Mark, and Luke, you start with Jesus' earthly life, his genealogy, his early ministry, or his infancy. You start from earth, 
and you move toward heaven. But in the gospel of John, you start in the heavens and move toward earth. How does the gospel of John begin? In the beginning was the Word, and the Word was with God, and the Word was God. He was with God in the beginning. All things were made through him, and without, any, without him was nothing made that was made. In him was life, and that life was the light of men. When you delve into and get into the Gospel of John, and this story is taken from the Gospel of John, you have to dig deep because you begin in heaven. And that's what we find here. And it seems like there are three ways of looking at this story of Jesus and his last words to Mary and John. First of all, there's the obvious story, and that is the story of Jesus taking care of his mother. You've got to remember, Mary suffered quite a bit from having a child, Jesus. At the presentation of Jesus in the temple, Simeon prophesied about the baby Jesus when he said, Behold, Mary and Joseph, this child is appointed for the fall and rising of many in Israel, and for a sign that is opposed, and a sword will pierce your own heart also. Jesus is now in unspeakable agony, yet he thinks about his mother, his mother who has suffered throughout her life. Jesus does not think about himself. He thinks about his mother. Because he remembers what he taught his own disciples, that the Son of Man came not to be served but to serve and to give his life as a ransom for many. And Jesus was a servant to the end. And while he was hemorrhaging and suffocating to death, he made sure that his mother was taken care of. John, behold your mother. Jesus was an extraordinary son. He had every right in his humanity to think about himself only in his own pain, his own betrayal, the suffering that he was going through, just to think about himself. But he was obedient to the law and was a servant to others. He remembered, honor your father and your mother. Extraordinary selfless, selflessness, extraordinary selflessness to to Mary, his mother. Extraordinary selflessness, but not supernatural. Mary, many courageous examples are in history of those who've made sacrifices for family members. So while what Jesus did was extraordinary, it wasn't supernatural. But digger, digging deeper, we come to a second understanding of this story. Jesus is not only caring for his mother, Mary, but he's caring for the Christians as well, those who would follow him. He's setting an example for them of how they need to serve others to the extent that they need to go. Remember what he did yesterday on Monday, Thursday. When he had washed their feet, the feet of the disciples, he said to them, Do you understand what I have done to you? Do you understand? You call me teacher and Lord, 
And you, you are right, for so I am. If I then, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also ought to wash the feet of one another. For I have given you an example that you also should do just as I have come to do to you. Truly, truly, I say to you, a slave is not greater than his master. If you know these things, blessed are you if you do them. And he also taught in terms of the example of Christians to serve one another. By this, all people will know that you are my disciples. If you have love for one another. And again, this is my commandment, that you love one another as I have loved you. Greater love has no one than this, that that person should lay down his life for his friends. Jesus is in unspeakable agony. Jesus cares not only for Mary, that she's cared for, but he sets an example for all time, for all his disciples, all those who are in him. This is extraordinary love and service, but it's not supernatural. Soldiers in war throw themselves on grenades to save others, and they become an example of what men and women can do who are willing to save their comrades and sacrifice their own lives. But let's drill down deeper one other level. Let's get down deeper to what this is all about, this last conversation between Mary and John and Jesus. In John and Mary, in that exchange that they had on the cross, in his deep agony, Jesus is creating something new. And this is supernatural. Do you know that Jesus is in the new business? He's not in the improvement business. Jesus is not making in the business of making a better you, so then you can be a better person or a better husband, a better father, a better employee. What he wants to do is make a new you. If anyone is in Christ, he is a better creation. No. He is a new creation. The old has passed away. Behold, the new has come. And in some of the final words in the book of Revelation, Jesus says, Behold, I am making all things new. And at the cross, where are Jesus' family members, his blood family members, the children of Mary? They are the ones that should be taking care of their mother. You know what? The old family doesn't show up. At the cross, Jesus is creating a new kind of family. That new family is the church, the body of Christ, who would become God's brand new band of brothers and sisters. And their bond is not by blood or by relationship. The bond, the glue that holds them together, they have only one thing in common. And what does that one thing of unrelated people have in common? The only thing they have in common is Jesus Christ. And the blood poured out from his wounds would make them blood kin. 
throughout his ministry, Jesus had been preparing his disciples to become members of this new family, of beginning to instruct them as to what it would mean between the old family, the old allegiances, the old blood family lines, and the new family. Jesus said, truly I say to you, there is no one who has left brothers or sisters or mother or father or children for my sake and for the gospel who will not receive a hundredfold now in brothers and sisters and mothers and children and in the age to come, eternal life. Or again, whoever loves father or mother more than me is not worthy of me. Whoever loves son or daughter more than me is not worthy of me. And whoever does not take up his cross and follow me is not worthy of me. To another, Jesus said, another disciple he was calling, follow me. But the man said, Lord, let me first go and bury my father. And Jesus said to him, leave the dead to bury their own dead. Yet another said to him, I will follow you, Lord, but first let me say farewell to my family. And Jesus said to him, no one who puts his hand to the plow and looks back is fit for the kingdom of heaven. While Jesus was still speaking, the people and his mother, his people came to him and said, his mother and brother stood outside asking to speak to him. But he replied, who is my mother and who is my brothers? And stretching out his hand toward his disciples, he said, here are my mother and my brothers. For whoever does the will of my father in heaven is my brother and sister and mother. So here's the supernatural part. No leader or religion or political system or philosophy has been able to create a family like the family that Jesus created because his family was supernatural. Muhammad tried to do it. One of his, Muhammad's great causes in the founding of Islam was to bring to an end all the infighting between the tribes and the clans in the Arabian Peninsula. But even today, even though all Muslims say they're brothers, yet they kill each other because they belong to the wrong clan and the wrong family. Communists in the 20th century attempted to have a brotherhood of the workers, the comrades, but the party bosses took advantage of the comrades, and in 70 years, the brotherhood communism promised collapsed. Do you know my Anglo-Saxon ancestors and your German and Italian and African and Scottish ancestors, they all belonged to families and clans that, to whom they owed their greatest allegiance. But you know, today I have no idea what my clan was in England a thousand years ago. There is no record of that. Because wherever the gospel of Christ was preached, and wherever it went and people were converted, and the power of the old families was broken, and Jesus replaced it with the new family, the body of Christ and the household of God. That's not only extraordinary, it's supernatural. Now there are some of you here that I don't especially like. That's natural and human. That's the best I can do in my human effort. In fact, in my own human strength, I cannot love you. But you know what Romans tells us? Supernaturally, the love of Christ has been poured into my heart. And because it's Christ's power and not mine, his strength and not mine, his love and not mine, I love you even though I may not like you. 
and he changes that dislike into like, and I become your servant. That's supernatural. To bind each of us together, to make us true brothers and sisters, is against everything in my human nature. I'm not related to you except by Jesus. And that for the Christian is enough. But it's God's nature to bind me into a new family. One last thing. Remember, the two groups at the cross, those beside the cross and those at a distance, after Jesus died, Mary Magdalene moved to that crowd that was out there on the outskirts. But where are John and Mary? They're not in that crowd that stood at the edge. They are nowhere to be seen. They've begun the new family. At the cross, at first in Mary and John, and then in a multitude that no man can number, Jesus created with his own blood, by grace, through faith, a new family. A new family of brothers and sisters. Or as Peter describes us, you are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness and into his marvelous light. Let us pray. Dear Heavenly Father, who has set the solitary into families, And by your Son, Jesus Christ, has made of all believers a new family from all the nations of the earth. Grant, we pray, that we are drawn close to the cross, so that we may draw being close to each other. May the world say again, see how they love each other. And may the world know by our love that you have indeed made your Son, Jesus, to be both Lord and Savior of the world. In his name we pray. Amen.